Welcome into the Chief Stone Podcast. My name is Farzim Basugian. Happy Sunday. We are 18 days away from the NFL kickoff. But what happened on Saturday night, not the most encouraging, but it is the preseason. That is uh, something to keep in mind. That's what a lot of you guys have been responding with following Saturday night's loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road. Still a lot to talk about. We'll get into that as Zach Stegega and I are here on this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Got to recap the game between the Chiefs and Steelers. But real quickly, before we get into that, facebook.com slash Farzian That is the Facebook page. Give it a like and follow me on Facebook. And I appreciate all of you who interacted with me uh, during the game and all week long. Greatly appreciate all the interaction as that is starting to pick up. The, the podcast numbers are picking up and the social media interaction has definitely gone way up. So big thanks to all of you who have been doing so. Please do invite your friends to the Facebook page. And if you're not following me on Twitter, if your friends are not following me, let them know about it. If you're, they're not following Zach, follow him as well. Let your friends know. I am at Farzine21. Zach is at ZStegenga on the Tweet Machine. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean. And the number to call for the voicemail line or the text line, 913-808-2119. Yes, this is Farzim Vasugi, and my voice is shot. Uh, yes, I did watch UFC 241, uh, so that was that was a pretty good event. Uh, definitely enjoyed that, but not here to talk about that. Nonetheless, going to discuss the Chiefs preseason game, uh, the second preseason game against the Steelers alongside with Zach Stegna. Zach, how's it going, man? It's going good, Farz. How are you, man? Good. 18 days away from the uh, from the regular season. Uh, it's been uh, quite an insane offseason. I know a lot of, I mean, it's been a busy offseason for the Chiefs and then everything going on with Tyreek Hill. It's just, it, it it just feels like it It took a long time. But now looking back, it's like it's one of those things you look back and you're, you're like, oh, it flew by pretty quickly. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, as soon as we get into playing real football, you know, the long offseason and, you know, all of the off-field nonsense we had to deal with is going to be a distant memory so looking forward to that well let's go ahead and discuss that because uh i know that was not the most encouraging game last week you know it was the first preseason game everybody was stoked with the 38 points uh listen man preseason games are fun when you are scoring (laughs) scoring a lot with your first team your second team your third team all the way down uh, but when you're not scoring and all you get is seven points, when that's all you muster, it's not the um, it, 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 the preseason is then boring. That's where the preseason is boring the most. Uh, before we get into that, uh, you're in New York, obviously. How did mm-hmm. you watch this game? Did you watch on NFL Network? Yeah, streamed it. Okay, uh, because I know uh, for a lot of the out-of-towners, which, by the way, I feel bad because a lot of out-of-town Chiefs fans, they don't get to see a lot of these preseason games. And the one time the Chiefs are playing nationally – or it's on the national broadcast. Uh, they did not have a good showing. Uh, but you got the Steelers broadcast. You did not get Trent Green and Ari Wolf, correct? That's correct. Okay, tell me about this broadcast because I got lots of tweets and complaints about this broadcast, and people were begging for me to like find a stream for them, which you know I was too busy to to do. Uh, apparently, the Steelers play by play guy or somebody refer to McCole Hardman as Michael Hardman. So Michael Hardman had the only catch for us. Is that correct? Yeah, that, that is correct. So, so, so give me your thoughts on what you heard. I mean, frankly, like my, my read on it was more just like, yep, this is a, you know, 
out of town other teams broadcaster who just didn't do their homework because it's the preseason realistically like i mean do i find that annoying of course i do but is it the worst thing in the world like i was much more annoyed with what i saw on the field as opposed to the broadcasters maybe that's just i've gotten good at tuning out broadcasters after you know a lifetime of ku basketball fanhood and having to listen to you know i mean i remember brent musburger and bob knight used to call those games and they were the worst um oh gosh and then you know to a lesser extent, you know, whatever the Chiefs are, uh, you know, playing on national TV, um, you know, they're kind of touch and go as far as the broadcasting teams are concerned. So I've gotten pretty good at just tuning those guys out, frankly. Yeah, I mean, the, these preseason games, a lot of them is homework broadcast. Listen, there are 90 players on all the teams right now. So let's be honest, Trent Green can't tell you about the fourth string defensive lineman on the Steelers roster, he just can't. So, yeah, you're going to have mispronunciations, this kind of thing, and that's just the way these preseason games roll. But as far as the game itself, delayed an hour due to uh, lightning. Uh, eventually, they got the game underway. Let's start with the first-team offense. Patrick Mahomes, uh, very off night, uh, pretty short night for him. And I know Andy Reid uh, had mentioned that the the starters would play in the first half, but I think with the slippery conditions and w- what he had saw from Mahomes uh, in the game – so far, I think he had just decided, hey, look, let's just go ahead and pull him in the first quarter. There's no need to uh, put him out there anymore in these kinds of conditions for a preseason game. Uh, but still, we got to talk about what we saw from Mahomes over through Tyreek Hill on a play where he pretty much torched uh, former Chiefs cornerback Steven Nelson. Uh, Shocking to all of us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he overthrew Damian Williams. Those were on back-to-back plays. And then he overthrew Tyreek Hill again on the second drive. And Andy Reid had seen enough. Chad Henney took over on the third drive. Um, well, what was your takeaway from uh, what Mahomes did? Because that was kind of uncharacteristic of him. It was very uncharacteristic of him. And I'm hoping that you know we'll be able to rebound you know next week and be able to just be able to chalk this one up as a uh, you know kind of a byproduct of the fact that you know you had a massive delay. The conditions were still shit. Like, hopefully that's all it was, you know, like a slippery ball just kind of flying out of his hands a little hot. So he was, you know, resulting in some overthrows. I'm hoping that's the case. But, um, you know, if this is something that becomes any level of a pattern, which I don't think we have any reason to believe it will, um, if this becomes a pattern, we've got some questions. But for the moment, not too worried about it. Let me just say this. Yeah, the the conditions were bad, but... Um, if that happens in a regular season game, you have to be ready for it. Uh, that's just one of the things that uh, you've got to prepare for at some point. Uh, but 100%. as far as the as far as the rest of the offense goes, uh, Carlos Hyde, we saw a little bit of him. Uh, just a, just a little bit though. Two carries for two yards and a touchdown this week. He was a little bit more involved. We saw some positives. We saw some negatives. The big negative, uh, the one moment that pretty much overshadows anything that he did in this game, uh, the fumble. The yep. costly fumble. And he actually had a couple of good runs, uh, but uh, it was one of those moments where, you know, look, Kareem Hunt, and I wrote this on social media, and I cannot remember the the number. Kareem Hunt fumbled on the very first NFL touch of his career. After that, never fumbled the football, never fumbled in college either. So as Chiefs fans, we are not used to seeing a running back fumble the football. We got to start getting used to that. And this is an area where it's going to be incredibly difficult to replace Kareem Hunt, and I mentioned all offseason, how do you fill Kareem Hunt's shoes moving forward? Because that's not an easy thing to do. Zero fumbles for a running back, almost zero fumbles. 
That is really, really impressive, especially on an Andy Reid offense when running backs are used a lot, especially in the passing game. Um, what's your takeaway from what Carlos I did in this football game? I mean, frankly, I was so excited at the beginning because he was looking really good, um, you know, showing us much more of what we thought we would get uh, when we signed Carlos Hyde. And then, you know, you had the fumbles, which I just, I don't know. It, for me, that just kind of overshadowed it. Sadly, it's you know, one of those things where you take three steps forward, but then a fourth back um, or four steps back. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, where it was just frustrating to see that sort of thing take place because I thought that he would be a viable you know, alternative. And hopefully that, you know, this is a learning experience. Again, we can, we, as we've already mentioned at this point, I don't mean to blame everything on this, but again, pretty rough conditions last night. Um, totally slippery, but not that that, you know, gives you that much of an excuse, but it might explain it a little bit. Um, doesn't, you know, absolve him of any responsibility there, but certainly, uh, you know, hopefully we could treat that as just kind of a learning experience and we won't see him do too much of that moving forward. Cause I'm, pretty confident that a fumble-prone running back is not going to find his way onto this team. Yeah, uh, look, uh, it, it was not just him. It was a really rough night when it came to fumbles for the Chiefs. Four fumbles, uh, three of them lost. The Steelers had three fumbles and lost one of them. So it was pretty uh, a rough night for everyone all around. Uh, the rest of the running backs, uh, just to give you an idea, Damian Williams, six rushes for 25 yards. We saw him in this game, a 4.2-yard per carry average. Hyde had five carries for 23 yards, and Darwin Thompson, um, not as much action, at least he didn't get into the end zone, four rushes for 30 yards in Saturday night's loss against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's switch over to the defense for a moment, the first team defense. Uh, Now, before we go any further, it is worth noting that Ben Roethlisberger did not play in this football game, so everything else we talk about, take that for what that is worth to you. With that said, First team defense did force a three and out after not being able to do that last week. Uh, and I think uh, some of these defensive players made some some nice plays in this football game. Uh, specifically to me, Alex Okafor got a sack on Mason Rudolph. And I think what excites me about that is, look, if, if, if Frank Clark continues to do what he does in his career, if Chris Jones continues to play at this high of a level, and if Alex Okafor can play like that on the opposite side, I mean, this is the depth that we've been looking forward to seeing play out. We're seeing a little bit in the preseason, and we're hoping it carries over to the regular season. This defensive line, probably one of the weakest positions last year, even with Chris Jones on the team, and now you're feeling pretty excited about this. We're starting to see it now uh, on the field, and hopefully that carries over. Absolutely, and I think that it was very encouraging to see. Frank Clark was looking really good last night, Um, and I think that really some of his disruption uh, is what enabled Alex Okafor to be able to, you know, eat from the other side, so to speak. Um, and so that was certainly encouraging to see. Uh, was, uh, you know, also encouraged by, you know, some of the, some of the cornerback play that we saw. Uh, you know, Traverius Ward had a nice little rebound. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, you know, encouraging, albeit, you know, an incredibly, like, you know, a game that just completely lacked offense as a terribly general rule. Uh, there were definitely some encouraging signs from our defense uh, last night, so it was nice to see. Well, you mentioned the secondary, and you did mention Shavarius uh, Ward. Let's start with him. He had that pick in the end zone to prevent a touchdown before halftime. Second week in a row, the Chiefs' uh, secondary comes up with an interception right before halftime. Uh, bad throw by, by Dobbs uh, of the Steelers, one of the other backups that they have. But hey, look, when a quarterback makes a bad throw, you're supposed to have... Uh, 
that heads up awareness right there. And that's exactly what Ward had in this football game. And you mentioned you wanted to see Ward make a bounce back in this football game. Uh, Herb Miller, um, he forced Dante Moncrief to fumble the football. Kansas City recovered it. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Miller is also the same guy who uh, picked off Jeff Driscoll last week against the Bengals right before halftime. Uh, listen, man, given that Keith Reese suffered that season-ending injury and there are very few cornerback spots that are secured right now, Miller made a pretty strong case for himself and kind of makes me wonder uh, if this is a guy whose uh, stock went up a little bit. I know we'll hear uh, from you later uh, in our three up and three down segment, but uh, I really liked what I saw from Herb Miller uh, in this football game. Yeah, I, I mean, anytime you can have someone who's generating turnovers, I'm absolutely here for that. I mean, as you and I have had discussions on quite a few occasions, you know, that's one of the reasons I loved Marcus Peters while he was here. Uh, I mean, plain and simple, you know, the guy was really good at knocking out the football. And frankly, I think that's what we're going to see a lot of from Tyron Matthew. I'll, I know we didn't see much of him last night, uh, but you know, I, we know that he's pretty well known for being able to knock the football out, whether you know, actually just intercepting it or punching it out for a fumble. Uh, hopefully his influence is uh, you know, rubbing off on some of the rest of that secondary room. Uh, and it certainly looked that way with Herb Miller. Yeah, and you mentioned... Uh Tyron Matthew, he did leave the game with a shoulder injury. Uh, they said it was questionable to return, but it, it did not appear to be uh, very serious. Just seemed like a, a minor thing for Tyron Matthew. But another safety to talk about, Juan Thornhill, uh, made a really nice play in the end zone. Uh, if you guys saw Mason Rudolph, uh, he had plenty of time, uh, pretty much extending plays, going out of the pocket, eventually took a shot to the end zone, and Juan Thornhill tipped the pass to prevent a touchdown uh, at one point in this game. It was still scoreless, if I remember correctly, so... Pretty good play for Juan Thornhill to uh, come up with that uh, touchdown uh, prevention, uh, pre- preventing a touchdown, I should say, right there. Um, this is another player who, who Chiefs fans are really excited for and uh, kind of makes you wonder what his ceiling is going to be, even as a rookie, uh, because you do have. We just talked about the defensive line. We were praising that just a moment ago. If that pass rush is going to be there, it's going to make his job easier as a rookie. And I've heard this so much outside of quarterback. The hardest transition from college to the NFL is cornerback and safety. Though uh, being a defensive back as a rookie, very difficult to do in the NFL. And if you do have that help up front with your pass rushers, it's going to make everyone's life very easy in that secondary. Absolutely, and you know that was another encouraging sign. Uh, you know, just seeing. I mean, I, you know, I've been pretty high on Thornhill for most of the off season, so uh, definitely excited to see what he can do. And I think that you know him learning from the Honey Badger is again going to be a tremendous step forward for him. Let's switch back to the offense uh, because McCole Hardman or Michael Hardman, as some like to call him, uh, he uh, he caught another touchdown pass. Yes, to be clear, last week's jet sweep that is considered a catch because that is that was a forward toss, but this was a real catch, Zach, and not just a real catch. This was a catch, and he got hit in the end zone and hung on to it. He got hit in traffic in the end zone. Uh, yeah, he had to go up and get play. it too. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, at least full extension. You know what I'm saying. Uh, you know, we talked about one second-round pick, and now we're looking at the other second-round pick that the Chiefs got in this draft. Uh, look, I don't know if there's anything I can say about McCole Hardman that we haven't necessarily said before that no one else has said up to this point. Two preseason games, two touchdowns, one of them on a – let's just call it a run because that it is it is a rushing player – not a rushing play, but it's a running play, essentially, is is what that was last week. And now here he is going wide and making a very difficult catch. 
Uh, Michael Hardman, or there it is. I just said it now. Uh, McCall Hardman, excuse me. Uh, he's really making the most of uh, of his opportunities here in the preseason. And look, I know he's a second round pick, so his spot is essentially guaranteed. But let's not forget, uh, Kavari Russell was a third round pick a couple of years ago, and he did not last very long. Uh, just a couple of weeks into his rookie campaign, was let go. So you know this team won't hesitate if they feel the need to let someone go. Uh, you still got to go out there and show yourself, and McCole Hardman is doing exactly that for the Chiefs this preseason. Absolutely, and I think that, you know, really, historically speaking, you've not seen rookie wide receivers have that much success with Andy Reid out of the gate. Like, normally their first year, they kind of stumble out of the gate as they're, you know, adjusting to what's a fairly complex offense as a general rule. Uh, So it's been encouraging to see the way that he seems to have caught on, whether he's, you know, taking on just a slightly lighter um, you know, route tree, if you will, or if, you know, it's truly, he's just catching on that quick. Regardless, uh, he's looking really good. And, uh, I think he's going to be a meaningful factor for the Chiefs moving forward. Let's stick with the wide receivers for now. Zach, here's a name that I don't even think I have ever mentioned on this podcast. Um, I know exactly where you're going to. (laughs) Yeah. Marcus Kemp. Uh, he had a nice 27 yard catch and Mm -hmm. I know he's not, he did suffer an injury and I'll get into injuries a little later. Um, look, he has, he has really good speed, but when we talk about speed on this team, Marcus Kemp's not the first guy, nor the second, nor anyone in the top five that we mention when we talk about speed on this football team, but he has that. He really does. And I know his name has been talked about quite a lot in training camp so far with what he's been able to show the chiefs, uh, now it's a little hard to talk about where we stand with him because of the injuries, um, again, not not your top option, but he is an option that the Chiefs can use in the return game uh, prior to this injury. And again, I, I know this is kind of a weird hypothetical question, which normally I don't like to ask or, or, or bring up or entertain. But did you really have a lot of thoughts about Marcus Kemp prior to this year, I guess? I mean, the only real, like, I mean, I, I definitely looked at him as someone who is going to make the 53 but that's mostly for his contributions on special teams specifically i mean dave tobe has you know shown a record of uh always having his gunner so to speak um regardless of what position that guy's at and marcus kemp has been that guy uh so it was encouraging to see him show a little bit more on the offensive side of the ball because really i mean he was one that was going to be you know listed as a receiver but like really not just because again his primary purpose was to be the gunner on special teams which uh he's obviously still very good at uh but that's, I mean, all I really knew of Marcus Kemp up to this point. So it was certainly encouraging to see him show, you know, some aptitude on the offensive side of the ball as well. Until he another wide receiver, another wide receiver. Uh, and by the way, I'll just say this. I don't know if I can recall a Chiefs player who was this active in a preseason game uh, as Cody Thompson was number 83 for the Chiefs, he was very active in this football game. Uh, seven catches, 69 yards, and targeted four more times in this football game. Zach, can you recall anyone that's been as active in a Chiefs preseason game like Cody Thompson was last night? I mean, none that come immediately to mind. I mean, I'm sure if I went and looked back, I'd be able to come up with a few because there's always you know that handful of guys who uh, you know really show out in the preseason and then wind up just kind of fading off. I mean, to a lesser extent, Byron Pringle kind of comes to mind from that perspective, but he faded yeah. off because of injury, so it's not quite the same uh, and not a totally fair comparison there. But 
that's like the first one that comes immediately to mind as someone who really showed well in the preseason. But I mean, I'd need to see a little bit more from in terms of an overall body of work. Uh, though I think he's definitely trending up for sure. So let me be clear because when I say active, a lot of people are going to quickly say Byron Pringle. He, I mean, last year he had a big preseason game in Week Four. Yes, he did, but that was just off four catches plus a kick return. Uh, whereas Cody Thompson, I mean, this was a guy who was being targeted. It just seemed like almost every other play on offense for the Chiefs. Uh, it was he was pretty much the Tyree Kill, uh, likely the number one receiver for this football team uh, when all the starters and the backups were pulled off uh, the the twenty two backups. So uh, it was kind of interesting just to see him uh, be used a lot in this football game. So I'm curious to see if that's something that carries over. In week three, I know in week three, we generally don't see a lot of backups. Uh, so maybe he comes back with a stronger game in week four and maybe tries to push a guy like Byron Pringle or Demarcus Robinson to try to make this football team. Uh, one other note I wanted to mention with pass catchers, because I know we've been talking about receivers a lot, but Blake Bell, who I know a lot of people are really looking forward to him and hoping that he makes the team, as am I, because I think he can be really useful under Andy Reid's offense. But last week, I believe he had a drop. And this week, he had a really nice catch and brought the ball ball to the red zone. But before he was taken down, he fumbles the football. And again, another another fumble for the Kansas City Chiefs in this football game. I'm not liking Blake Bell's chances right now. Uh, This is a guy that I'm really pulling for to be the backup behind Travis Kelsey. But it is making it difficult for the Chiefs to want to have to do that with with Blake Bell. Uh, Where do you stand with Blake Bell right now? I mean, I think that he still makes the roster. Uh, just because, frankly, I mean, it's not necessarily on the strength of what he's done so far. It's mainly on the weakness of the rest of that tight end room, outside of, obviously, Travis Kelsey. Like, that goes without saying. Um, but, you know, you got Yelder, who just went down with an ankle injury. Don't know how long that's going to take for him to re- uh, rebound from. You know, Nick Kaiser, who looked really good last weekend, didn't see really anything from him uh, this past week. So, you know, not really sure what to make of that. So I think that, you know, you still have Blake Bell showing as, you know, your number two tight end, even though that was a costly fumble and uh, something we absolutely can't have as I harped on with Carlos Hyde. You know, can't drop the football. It's hard to win games when you drop the football. It's just that, you know, it's that simple. It's not a hard thing to get your head around. You brought up Dion Yelder. He dropped the, uh, or excuse me, he uh, he uh, suffered an injury. Marcus Kemp exited uh i saw matt uh derek uh, a friend of the podcast uh with chiefs digest he mentioned that uh, it is an acl injury and at some point today on sunday they're going to figure out what exactly that is but that's with marcus not, kemp? Uh, um, yeah marcus kemp yeah 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 acl injury for him and uh look it, it, whether it's torn or not torn any kind of injury to the knee it's it's just brutal. It really is. I've gone through that before with a torn ACL and a torn meniscus. It's just not fun at all. So uh, that is currently what you're dealing with uh, with Marcus Kemp right now. Chase Litton, by the way, he exited the last uh, 22 seconds with an injury. Kyle Schirmer took over for the final 22, but that was really all you saw from him. Uh, not a not a good night overall. Uh, fumbles, uh, drops kind of came back up again, and uh, more injuries uh, in this football game. Uh at least a lot more than last week. Uh, last week, I, I don't, I can't really recall a whole lot of injuries. Whereas this week, this seemed to be the case. It could be because of the slippery conditions. But overall, Saturday night was just not the ideal night for Kansas City Chiefs fans, especially a lot of those out of towners who were excited to see their team on TV and not have to stream online. They could watch on NFL Network, but uh, not a very good showing compared to last week. No, and I think that 
again, while it can't be the only explanation, the slippery conditions certainly had a lot to do with all of what you just mentioned, the drops, the fumbles, the intercept, or the, uh, you know, injuries as well. I mean, I think that that certainly is part of it. Uh, and I think that it was certainly wise on Andy's part to just, you know, sit Mahomes and, uh, a couple of others for the majority of the, uh, majority of the time, just cause you know, there's no, nothing good could come from that. Um, uh, but that's just, you know, it's one of those things that I think it's, it only ultimately comes down to, you're still going to have to play in sloppy conditions at some point, realistically in the NFL. So you got to be able to be ready for that. Like that's, you, you can't use that as the only excuse, if that makes sense. Now, before we wrap up this episode of the podcast, uh, we did this last week and we're going to do it again. Uh, Zach is going to talk about some of the players. Uh, maybe we've mentioned some of them. Maybe we haven't. So uh, whose stock went up and whose went down? It's time for three up and three down. Zach, take it away. Yeah, so we, we have actually talked about all of my three up, unfortunately. So we'll keep it quick. Uh, Charvarius Ward, like I mentioned, you know, really nice rebounding from last week. Um, and so it made it easier for his stock to go up this week just because it went down quite a fair bit in my estimation last week. Uh, but, you know, looked pretty solid through most of the game and then a really nice pick there to end the first half. Um, you know, another defensive back, Juan Thornhill, looked really good. Um, you know, especially that big pass breakup, you know, preventing a touchdown. Uh, but on the whole, just looked really solid throughout the game. Uh, and then Cody Thompson, uh, who his stock has gone up both by virtue of the fact that obviously he had one of, like you said, the most active games we've seen uh, from a receiver or really any player in the preseason. Uh, it's very rare to see someone even, you know, sniff, you know, like, what was it, like six or seven catches or something like that? Seven catches. Um, yeah, that's pretty rare in the preseason. So uh, good for him on that front. I mean, then he got well over 10 targets too, which is equally impressive. And it speaks to the fact that you know, he's at least got chemistry with some of those quarterbacks, which is a good thing. Uh, but the other thing that helped kind of raise his stock in I, the way I'm looking at this, you know, stock up, stock down is, is he going to make the roster? Is he not? That's kind of how I'm looking at that. Um, when it comes to some of these, you know, less, less well-known guys, uh, and Thompson being one of those, I think that his performance cu- coupled with the fact that Marcus Kemp went down with what looks like an ACL injury. Uh, I mean, I think that that, those two things together might, you know, make a uh, path for Cody Thompson to make this roster. Probably not still probably a practice squad guy, but He's certainly trending up. Uh, as for three down, um, you know, was kind of excited to see what Mark Fields was going to do uh, at the cornerback position. But last night, man, so many over pursuits. Like, just you, you can't have that unless you're Marcus Peters and you generate you know fumbles and interceptions uh, pretty regularly. And so, you know, he just looked lost out there, and that was pretty disappointing. Um, you know, maybe it was the conditions. Maybe it was just playing a little over aggressive, trying to make a roster. Regardless, not a great look. Um, and then Carlos Hyde is another who, you know, stock was going up, 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 and then he dropped the football and it went down, in my opinion. Um, maybe that's just me harping on the fumbles too much. Um, you know, could have thrown Blake Bell in on that as well, but, uh, you know, Blake Bell just really didn't show much else. Um, so didn't want to, you know, pound on him. But then really the last one that I came up with was, you know, really the starting offense as a whole just didn't look together at all. And I don't think that, you know, you should put too, too much stock into that simply because realistically i mean again you know kind of dis uh discombobulated after that hour-long delay not playing in the greatest of conditions i think like all of those things together you know make for a solid explanation as to why it why things didn't go particularly well for our first team offense but at the same time for as good as they looked last week on their one drive uh they looked similar like if you know, 
they, they looked so good last week that if you just totally flipped that and made it a negative, that's kind of what we had this week. So hoping to see a little bit more consistency from them moving forward. Yeah, and we'll see a lot more of them in the third preseason game because that is the tra- traditionally the warm-up game where they play all the way into the second half. Um, yeah, let me just say this because last week I thought was the most important preseason since... What was it? I think it was 2007 when the Chiefs were trying to decide who their new quarterback was going to be between Brody Croyle and Damon Heward. Turned out neither one of them, despite Heward doing well in 2006, neither one of them really impressed that entire year. Uh, But last year was pretty important to me because we did not know exactly what Patrick Mahomes was going to be. And we saw the Chiefs starters play a lot more than we expected. And they didn't do really well against some of the backups, like against Atlanta and against Chicago's backups. Uh, so I was kind of concerned there. And look what happened. 50 touchdowns, 5,000 passing yards, third highest scoring output in NFL history. So, uh, yeah, I, I can understand, you know, people wanting to see something because it's been a long offseason with all the things that we have uh, been following uh, with the team all offseason long. Uh, but, again, let us let me just remind you of what happened last offseason and that, you know, what you see in the preseason, as and I think you put it best last week, Zach, is, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, if there is a bad show, let me just say this too. Peyton Manning, his very first preseason game with the Broncos, I, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, he threw two picks. Uh, his first two passes were both interceptions, or it was the first two, uh, two interceptions in the first quarter, something along those lines. You get the idea. Terrible, terrible for a showing, but Look what happened to Peyton Manning. Yeah, he had a bad last year in 2015, but for the most part, he did some amazing things with the Broncos. So it's a preseason. Let's just let's just remember that. Yeah, yeah, that puts a bow on it, man. I mean, yeah, obviously not nearly as encouraging of a showing as last week, but you know, again, it is the preseason, so there's still a lot of moving parts, and it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, ultimately when we break camp, who that final 53 winds up being uh, comprised of. That was three up and three down. Zach's takes right there. Let me know your thoughts on his three up and three down or anything we have discussed on the podcast. Facebook.com slash Farzivasugian. I'm at Farzine21 on Twitter. Zach is at Z Stagunga. And again, you can leave a voicemail or text us 913-808-2119. Before we wrap up, Zach, let me just ask you this. If there is one player... Uh, can be anybody, uh, offense or defense. If there's one player you can really just look at right now and you want to see a really impressive showing in next week's preseason game, who's that one player for you? That's a really good question. Um, hmm. Frankly, I want to see Juan Thornhill get a couple of picks. I really do. Uh, and I think that you know the 49ers, based on their quarterback room, I think there will be some opportunities for that next week. Uh, but I really want to see him not just, you know, showing strong in coverage, though obviously that's incredibly important. I want to see some takeaways because I think he's certainly capable of providing those. Um, and while he obviously made the three up uh, for this week, I'd like to see him back there again next week just by, you know, him taking another step forward uh, and continuing to excel with this team. For me, it's Blake Bellman. Uh, I, I, I want to see him make some plays. We haven't seen any tight end make make plays in this game. Travis Kelsey, the first person who Patrick Mahomes threw to last week and this week, 
Uh, so we, and look, not that we needed those preseason passes right there to know who Travis Kelsey is. We obviously know, but it just tells you how important he is to our football team. Uh, but man, I, I've, I've got to say, uh, for as much as we complain about Demetrius Harris, it's almost like we kind of miss him now. <laughs> Looking at our tight end situation. Um, yeah, so let's, let's not get crazy. Well, well, well I, I mean, I've seen that thrown around on social media a bit, but uh, I mean, I, I thought he was used a lot on the offense, especially for a backup tight end. But nonetheless, oh, absolutely. Like, no, like I just didn't like the fact I, that he had hands of bricks. No, no, no not, not in the least bit. But uh, Blake Bell is the guy who I'd like to see step up in uh, next week's preseason game. Uh, any final words before we wrap this up, Zach? I mean, rough week, but ultimately we'll get back at it and go see if, you know, see what we can get uh, you know, out of the team next weekend. So wouldn't put too much stock into this. You know, it's a good reminder not to get you know too high off of week one or too low off of this week um, and just you know kind of take the preseason as a whole body of work and uh, you know, move from there. The Chiefs do return to Arrowhead again on Saturday at 7 o'clock. That'll be against the San Francisco 49ers. We will preview that later this week. Also this week, in addition to our preview, ESPN had their predictions uh, for this year. They have Mahomes winning the MVP and the Chiefs beating the Saints in the Super Bowl. How did they come up with that? We'll discuss that this week also big news from the Chargers as they lose a safety and it's only speculation for now but there's a lot of talk about Eric Berry possibly going over to the Chargers we will talk about that and much more on this week's episode facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian follow me at Farzine 21 Zach is at ZStegenga 913-808-2119 that's the voicemail slash the text line subscribe to the podcast Apple Podcasts Google Play Spotify and Podbean. For Zach Seginga, I am Farzim Vasukian. Thank you all for listening to this recap of the Chief Zone podcast. Enjoy your Sunday. We will talk to you guys later this week.